is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The bottom of the hour, Intelligence Committee, House, Devin Nunes will be on the program. We'll discuss the IG report and his testimony today, among other things. Uh, but I want to begin with something else right now. These will be two of the major issues we discuss throughout the program today. I've never seen anything like this. Issue after issue after issue fabricated by the Democrats and fabricated by the media. You know, when these media people self-servingly say that they're out there defending the press, no, they're not. They're not on some noble mission, ladies and gentlemen, worried about the First Amendment and the Constitution. They simply are thin-skinned and they want to defend themselves. But they're, they're pressing an agenda. The vast majority of them are pressing an agenda. It's not new for the media. Over the history of this country, the media have done that. But it's particularly pernicious right now. There's really minimal opposition media to the mainstream media, the, the, the big media. It's minimal. Some in talk radio, but not everyone in talk radio. And so forth. Some bloggers, but most bloggers know. And so we get an agenda-driven media. The agenda isn't liberty. The agenda isn't the Constitution, our founding principles. The agenda isn't capitalism and property rights and national sovereignty and a secure border. The agenda isn't cutting spending, reducing the debt. The agenda is the progressive agenda. And it's been that way almost 100 years now. Almost 100 years now. And so the latest issue that's supposed to outrage us is what's occurring on the border. The children, we're told, even though the overwhelming majority, the vast majority of children are not separated from their parents, but the children. Suddenly the Democrats care about children. Not when it comes to abortion, mind you. Right up to the last second. It can be eight months, 29 days, and they still support abortion. Then it's a woman's choice. So we're not even allowed to talk about the baby in the womb. Never. They insist on funding Planned Parenthood. It's not even a government institution, but it might as well be. And you've seen the video of Planned Parenthood. And it doesn't shake them. It doesn't move them. Their moral order is, is unaffected. Now, it's very simple if they really want to fix this issue of illegal aliens coming into this country with children. In some cases, it's not their own children. In some cases, they've kidnapped the children. In some cases, they abuse the children. In some cases, the adults are criminals. In some cases, they have violated our our immigration laws repeatedly and have been deported repeatedly. 
It's very simple. Secure the southern border, and if an adult comes here with a child, put them on a bus and send them home. But no, suddenly the Democrats have an issue. We talked about this last week. I could smell it. I could see what they were doing. And the media, of course, are there to stoke the flames. The most outrageous statements are being made by so-called reporters and guests. And I must say, First Lady Laura Bush, shame on you. Japanese internment camps? Are you kidding me? And others in the media mentioning Nazi concentration camps? Are you out of your minds? These... Centers for these kids, they didn't just get built when Donald Trump was president of the United States. Children are separated from their parents because they have to figure out who these parents are. If, in fact, they are parents, they need to protect the children as these parents go through the the immigration administrative process. Otherwise, you got two alternatives. Send everybody back immediately Or let everybody in immediately. And that's the bottom line. The Democrats want everybody in immediately. Have you ever heard of a major political party, the biggest political party in a country, that does not believe in securing the nation's borders because it wants to continue to empower the party? How do you think California became a one-party state? They want a one-party country. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. They don't care about the children. If they cared about the children, they would have addressed this when Obama was separating children from parents. And then you hear the media speaking for the Democrats. Oh, but this is a uh, a no-tolerance policy that Sessions has put in that before, you know, with some, here it's none. Oh, I see. So that's the moral red line. Now we're actually enforcing the law, but before they sort of enforce the law, that's the moral red line. We have legislators who insist that the executive branch violate federal law. Mark, it's not federal. You have a court decision in the Ninth Circuit. You also have other statutes. It's cobbled together. It's complicated, but it is what it is. It is what it is. The government is so bloated, so big, that even when it comes to doing the handful of things it's supposed to do under our Constitution, it refuses to do it. And when you have a new president in town and an attorney general, and they say, we're going to enforce our immigration laws, the long knives are out. Shame on Laura Bush. Shame on all these people who know exactly what's going on. I didn't see any op-ed when some poor kid was slaughtered by MS-13, illegal immigrants coming into this country. I don't see those op-eds, do you? It is amazing what triggers this kind of a reaction. And the Democrats do not want to solve it. That's why the president keeps saying, Congress, pass a law. Because the Democrats see this as politically beneficial. Don't solve the problem. Listen to the Democrats and listen to the media. One and the same thing. They have no intention of solving the problem. It's a constant political issue for them. It is now. They didn't give a damn about it three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Every senior member of Congress, Democrat and Republican, 
has been here for decades. And all of a sudden, this is an issue. All of a sudden, because Jeff Sessions really enforcing the law. What does that mean? So if it was 50% enforced, those kids separated from their parents didn't matter? Nah, they're glomming onto this. They think they have something. They really do. The media in Washington, D.C. How did they just learn about this? Where the hell have they been? Why didn't they go to, quote-unquote, detention centers before? Look, here's the problem. People are flooding over our border. We are overwhelmed. The Democrats refuse to secure the border. The rhinos refuse to secure the border. Republican and Democrat presidents alike have refused to secure the border. People are coming over the, the border. They're being advised on how to come over the border. They're being advised on what our laws say. They're playing us for fools. The Democrats know it because they like it. Because they support this. And the media, oh, we're just protecting the freedom of the press, don't you know? No, you're not. No, you're not. You're using the freedom of the press to advance an ideology. That's exactly what you're doing. And when somebody calls you out by name or calls you fake news... Then you go back. You, oh, 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 he's attacking freedom of the press. No, he's not. He's attacking you for the frauds that you are. For the frauds that you are. But the Democrats care about children, except when it comes to abortion. Let me tell you something. They even support it late-term abortion. But there's really no justification for pretending that's not a baby at all. And that's worse than detention. That's a death sentence. I'll be right back. Lovin. Most of the time, most of the issues that drive the media either promote the progressive agenda or attack the president. Think about that. Most of the time, most of the issues that drive the media either promote the progressive agenda or attack the president. What happened to North Korea? Done. What happened to uh, Stormy Daniels? Well, they'll bring her back if they need her. Russia collusion is done. Now it's obstruction. So this is the way it works. The media are not pursuing a noble cause. The media are not protecting freedom of the press. The media are advancing change in this country. Fundamental transformation. That's what the media are doing. Now I pointed out the other day, last week, and it's being repeated all over the place, so we salute all those, who can repeat things, that when we send American citizens to prison, their children are left behind. What happens to those children? I haven't read any op-eds about that. Have you, Mr. Producer? I haven't read any op-eds from Michelle Obama or Laura Bush. There aren't any groups that I'm aware of out there pressing the case for the children of American citizens who are in prison. 
Let me make a rare prediction, because I don't like to make predictions, and I'm not in the prediction business. But let me make one for you. That's next. It may not happen tomorrow. may not happen next year. Maybe it's five years from now, but that's next. That'll be part of criminal justice reform expanded. All the children. You'll see more and more articles now. All the children of men and women in prison. I brought this up last week. What are we supposed to do? Empty our prisons? Empty our prisons of certain types of criminals? So they can be with their children? It's incredible to me how we get where we are. But particularly during this presidency, not exclusively, but particularly, there's really a lot to learn about what's taking place with our institutions. The media really aren't the media. The media are corporate entities, pretty much, with individuals, pretty much, who seek the fundamental transformation of America. I was watching the way when Donald Trump was uh, walking on the grounds of the White House to speak to Fox and Friends and other media, the way they kept screaming at him and yelling at him and interrupt, they never would have done that to Barack Obama. You'll remember there was a, uh, a young guy, Neil Monroe, I think his name was. I forget if he was with the Daily Caller or Breitbart or one of the websites. And he dared to holler out a question, and the media shouted him down. Remember that? The media shouted him down. Now the media doesn't shut up. But in any event, um, this is how they drive the agenda. Now the rule of law. You cannot have a civil society without a rule of law. Otherwise you have Venezuela, China, Cuba. And yet, what we're being told is we must not enforce the law. What is immigration for? Does anybody know what's the purpose of immigration? The purpose of immigration is to improve America. The purpose of immigration is to improve America. We used to ask questions like, are you or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? If you were or are, you couldn't get into the country. Today, nobody cares. Nobody cares. president tries to put in place rational, temporary limitations so we can vet people coming in here from six specific countries that are either in civil war or breed terrorism. Their governments are effectively um, non-functioning. And so we don't know who these people are. And he's trying to protect the American people. One Obama federal judge after another shot him down. And the media were all for it. What are you against Muslims? I hope you watched my show yesterday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox with Judy's, with Zudi's Jasser. And we're not against Muslims. We're against Islamists. There's over 50 majority Muslim countries. President focused on six. The vast majority of Muslims don't even live in those six countries. It didn't matter. And that went on for months. President's given plenary power. 
when it comes to immigration. We know this because the Supreme Court voted five to four in the Arizona case with Justice Kennedy running the majority opinion. Okay, great. Apparently, they made a mistake. What they meant is Democrat presidents have plenary power over immigration. Republican presidents do not. Do not. Lawlessness, absolute lawlessness in the courts, in states and in cities and in Congress. Lawlessness. We have sanctuary cities. Who's ever heard of such a thing? To give sanctuary to whom? Illegal aliens, including illegal alien criminals. That's okay? Arizona passed a statute that essentially paralleled federal law and said to their state enforcement officials, enforce federal law. They were challenged and in part defeated. President has plenary power. If the president decides not to enforce federal law, well, so be it. Wow. Meanwhile, sanctuary cities? How do you explain that? Because the media are pushing the ideology of the left. It's not a free press. It's an ideological press. I watched this press conference today with the secretary of DHS. She is great, by the way. She is superb. Nielsen, I believe her name is, Kirsten Nielsen. And the media were disgusting. As usual. I'll be right back. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news. He makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Devin Nunes, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. How are you, sir? Good, Mark. Great to be back on with you. You know, uh, Mr. Chairman, this IG report... And this testimony today by the Inspector General of the Department of Justice, quite remarkable what was going on at the highest levels of the FBI. We have leaking. We have lying. We have insubordination. Uh, we have collusion with the media. We have the media making payoffs to certain FBI officials, although we don't know who made payoffs to whom. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, and I actually think that Horowitz did a pretty good job. The the narrative that the mainstream media tried to put out is that something like they didn't find bias. And in fact, I was glad. I thought Horowitz clarified that today. He just didn't have documentary proof of it. But I read the entire report on Saturday, and it's really, really damaging. Uh, and, you know, the question now is, is, is and I thought they alluded to it today in, in the testimony before the Senate, is this next report's going to be really interesting because, you know, how do you take all of these text messages, and now that more and more are coming out and you can match the text messages with what happened at the time, you're going to be able to see clear bias, I think, actions that were taken. And that, that will make a big difference. But people, the American people need to understand that this was only about the Clinton email decisions, not about the Russia investigation. And on the Clinton email investigation, Mr. Chairman, I, I conclude from all my years, you know, of justice and so forth, Hillary Clinton violated the Espionage Act. And you had Comey and McCabe and others who simply were not going to allow charges to be brought against her. Do you agree or disagree with me? Yeah, I think they made up their decision ahead of time. And, and if you look at, I mean, there are military personnel that have been prosecuted uh, here just in the last few years for something that, uh, in some cases, uh, the situation where you had the sailor, I think, take a picture, uh, which clearly was against the rules. He admitted it was against the rules, but the guy got booted out of the Navy and I think, mm-hmm. you know, had to do some time. 
I mean, so, and for, you know, the challenge with this is, Mark, and you know this, is that the Clintons always were professional liars. They were completely lawyered up. It was the challenge of finding, finding documentary evidence and then having to lie on circumstantial evidence, which I think would have been difficult in a case like this. Now, Chairman Nunes, I, I do have a problem with all this. We have all this activity going on at the FBI. Uh, the inspector general said Comey is now under investigation uh, with his memos, uh, class- whether some were classified, what he did with the memos, and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's swell. But there's really but no Martin, over— Martin, yeah. I, I, hate, I hate to interrupt you, but no. on that point, yes, sir. I've read the Comey memos. There is no question, no question that there's classified information in there. Mm. Period, took- slam dunk, classified information. So now the only question is, 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 you know, where did those, you know, how did he move those emails around? Did he email them to himself? I mean, just, you know, you don't get to just write those and then take those and put them in your house. You know, classified information like that either has to be stored in a, in a secure area, meaning, meaning in a skiff, or it's got to be on a classified system. And if those were sitting at his house, that means there would have been spillage, which there would have had to have been cleanup, which means that evidence has to exist at the FBI or DOJ. So he had classified information. He took copies of the memos home. Uh, we know he gave one that may not have been classified to a professor, but that doesn't matter if he gave it to nobody. He took classified information home. It could not possibly meet the government standards for protecting classified information. Even if you put it in a gun vault, it's still not good. I know from my own days that that's, that's, right. that's, that's not right. good enough. That's not. So is that a violation of law, sir? Yes, it absolutely is. There, there is no question in my mind. That's why I, I didn't mean to interrupt you like that. No, good. Go right ahead. To, I wanted to make sure you knew there is no question about whether or not the Comey memos are, were classified. Okay, that's that's without question. That is not in doubt. Um, you know, I've read them. Many members have read them. Um, you know, it's so much so that we can't talk about what's in them because it's classified. So, I don't know how you get any more. Classified. I, I, I'm that dumbstruck. Like a slam dunk case. It, it, it is a slam dunk case. Now, my question, the overarching question, is. It, it, and, and the inspector general doesn't even have the tools to conduct a criminal investigation. You know, he's doing an administrative investigation. D- don't we really need somebody who can oversee this from a criminal perspective? I mean, we have a special counsel running around and chasing, you know, he's in Qatar and Israel and all the rest of it. I mean, here we have underlying potential criminal statutes that were violated, conduct to go along with them, individuals' names and faces to go along with them. I do not – look, I'm not into special counsels. I happen to think this one's unconstitutional. But there can be constitutional ones. Isn't it time that a special counsel or something be done to check into this? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the easiest thing to do, because I, I agree with you, like these special counsels can take on a life of their own, and they're very dangerous precedents to be set. But you could do it – there's a couple different ways you could do it. You could have a special counsel that would be limited in scope just to current and former DOJ and FBI people. That would be very limited. It would go in and clean it all up. I think that the American people would support something like that. Or you could have a, a prosecutor uh, from an, you know, a U.S. attorney from somewhere uh, actually get put in charge with an entire team to go and look at this. Those, those would be two easy ways to go about it. However, 
you know, I don't look. I I think Horowitz did a great job, and I think that he did the country a service, and I think he'll do a good job on the next uh, the next one. However, as we know, that'll be a year long investigation, uh, and then you will have you know then you get the results, and then you have to make criminal referrals. It just takes a lot of time, and at this okay. point, at this juncture, we know that laws have been broken. And so this should, you know, we shouldn't wait on the IG. There should be some sort of prosecutor put in, in the middle of this. And as you point out, this is the tip of the iceberg. We haven't gotten to um, the dossier, the FISA, the unmasking, all that activity that took place. This is, just, is there any doubt in your mind, Mr. Chairman, that the federal government, the Obama administration, that instrumentalities of the Obama administration, top level at the FBI, perhaps an intelligence agencies, the CIA, the national uh, intelligence and so forth, tried to interfere with this election? Um, let me tell you what I do know, what I, what I do feel confident in. I believe that there was definitely an abuse of power. Um, you're, you're much more versed at this than I am, but yeah. to make the next step would mean that you're going to conspiracy. Um, now, I think you've got circumstantial evidence on behalf of Strzok and Page and maybe a few others that there's circumstantial evidence that they were going to do things so that Trump couldn't win. Uh, the challenge that you have to link this to Obama is, is, you know, if there's no documentary evidence and if Strzok or Page don't turn, right, if Strzok or Page were to turn on them and say, look, I was told by, I'm just making this up, by right. Loretta Lynch to open this investigation – and to run spies into the Trump campaign or informants or whatever you want to call it, if, you know, if Strzok was to testify to that, okay, and I'm not confirming or, or anything. No, no, you're were, speculating. I'm just, I'm just speculating just because that's just for purposes of this discussion. Then that would be conspiracy. That would be beyond abuse of power. Let, let me explain to my audience the reason why the congressman has to be careful. is because they twist every damn thing he says. All right, let me ask you this, Mr. Chairman. What about the potential for certain rogue officials in the government? I mean, Comey and McCabe. Uh, I mean, McCabe wasn't leaking because he supported Trump. I mean, Stroke wasn't just an FBI agent. He was the lead agent on both cases, on the email case and on the Russia case initially. Right. And, and the unmasking of, uh, of Flynn and other people, this sort of thing. I mean, seems to me something there was going on to try to influence the election. Well, the... So the, the, the one that, that gets me the most ticked off always is the Flynn felony leak, okay? Because that one was, that happened so quickly from the time that the call was intercepted to the time that it leaked out, there could have been very few people that knew about that call taking place. And the fact that, that the very top people in the White House and the Department of Justice and FBI were the only ones that knew about the call, which means they would have to investigate themselves. It, I'm flabbergasted that Mueller didn't start there. Matter of fact, when Mueller was first appointed, I was like, okay, don't like special counsels, but if we're going to have one, at least he'll quickly look and find that, look, there's no collusion here, but he will, he will go after the felony the felony leak of classified information. Mm -hmm. He never was going to do that from the very beginning. And, and that's what, so, you know, now that now after the, after the fact, we learn he was never going to look at that. And now I'm concerned nobody's ever looking at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that is the, I mean, you, you know, you talk about leaks of classified information. Okay. 
there's, I mean, look, all leaks are bad, but that leak is a really, really bad leak, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't get much worse than the leak of a phone call of the incoming national security advisor talking to the Russian ambassador. It does not get much worse than that. Let me ask you about your your re-election race there. You're probably being targeted by the left. How's it going? Well, you know, it's just amazing that, uh, you know, in the despite uh, all of the noise that uh, the mainstream media made, uh, this is, you know, we're the San Joaquin Valley of California here. Uh, we're on the front line. So, uh, you know, all of these attacks that the left does, I'm very used to them because we're an agricultural economy in this area. So we've seen kind of the radical greens, the mm-hmm. radical environmental movement, the radical uh, public employee unions. I've been dealing with this my whole entire life, you know, from the time I was a, a kid working on the farm. So, so I'm a bit immune to this. So a lot of people say, like, how are you handling all these attacks? Well, I handle them because if they're attacking you, it means that you're right over the target and you're, and you're hurting them. So in the primary out here, we have a jungle primary. Uh, I got close to 60% of the vote. Uh, and in the, you know, in the general election, you know, if we'll, you know, we'll put some positive ads up. We'll see how much the left is willing to spend out here in California. Uh, this is really Pelosi's last stand, you know, that she, she wants to be Speaker of the House, and she claims that she's going to pick up five or six seats, seven seats out in California. Uh, we don't think that's going to be the case, but we, we can't sit by and uh, idly let it happen either. We have to fight back. Let me ask you this question, last question, having nothing to do with uh, your role as chairman. Why do you think Cal- we lost California so fast? How did that happen? Well, I will tell you, it's a combination of things. Um, I would say most importantly, it's just been the rise of uh, the left was very, very good at, at mixing together between the public employee unions where they can essentially, where the Demo- all of the money that goes into the public employee unions goes straight into the Democratic coffers, to the Democrats' coffers here. And at the same time, you had business people that they threatened, and so the businesses basically got in bed with the public employee unions and the radical green movement, the radical, when I say green movement, meaning radical environmentalism, that is a deadly combination uh, when all of that happens. So what happened out here is that the Republican Party just ran out of support. We had no way to compete uh, with the number of bodies and people and, and bad information that they could put out. So that allowed them to, I mean, you're, you're very familiar with the way that they've taken over the school systems, the way that they've taken over the media. And so you put all that, to, you put all that together, uh, and at the same time, you put in socialist policies in the state of California, you begin to lose people that were born here that typically are small business people or more conservative, they flee the state for a better livelihood for their families. And so you have this, you have a hollowing out here in California where you essentially have the green and left-wing Hollywood elite, mega rich, public employee unions, people that work for government, and then you've got this, you know, ever-decreasing class of, of small businesses. And then you have very, very poor people. It's a dangerous combination. I mean, that you, you should see, I know people are seeing this on the news, but I, I just am astonished by the number of homeless people that are in this state. They're everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. And I know people are seeing it on the news, but I mean, it, it's even in the San Joaquin Valley in my area. So, you know, I'm halfway between Los Angeles and San Francisco. They're everywhere. I was just in, I was just in a, a city in my district uh, earlier today walking in the downtown area, and I just was shocked by the number of just people that are homeless. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. So you don't want to come to California and see, or if you want to come to California, you'll get to see what socialism implemented really looks like. Well said. Well, Chairman Nunes, we're big fans here. Keep up the good work. We much, much appreciate it. Well, thank you, Mark, and uh, thanks for all your support, and we'll, we'll keep fighting. All right. God bless. He's a fascinating man. You know, I interviewed him on Fox for my show. I've interviewed him here now a few times. He really is. And you can see he's not your typical politician. He says what he thinks, and he says it in plain English. I'm a big fan of his. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Would you pay your hard-earned money to join an organization that fought tooth and nail for government-run health care system? How about an organization that scripted portions of White House speeches behind closed doors to ensure the passage of Obamacare? Or an organization that stood against tax cuts for middle-class Americans and small business owners? Would you join an organization like that? No. Then don't join the AARP, because that's what I just described. Join AMAC. The conservative alternative instead. AMAC offers an alternative to just about every benefit that the AARP offers, but without the left-wing agenda. Become an AMAC member like me right now at AMAC.us. Wouldn't you rather belong to an organization that fights for your values, like protecting our borders by enforcing the current immigration laws, supporting small businesses, standing up for your individual God-given freedoms? AMAC is the way to go. There's a ton of work to be done. AMAC is asking that you help them fight the good fight by becoming a member today. The benefits are great, but the cause is even greater. Join right now at AMAC.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Because AMAC is better, better for you, and better for America. You know, there's five hours left if you're listening to this program live. What are you talking about, Mark? Five hours left. That's it. And I won't be talking about voting for the National Radio Hall of Fame ever again. But there's five hours left. And if you want to get in, you got to get in now because the voting ends when this show, a few hours after this show ends. And you can vote twice, one of each way. That is, text the number 500 to 96,000. So in other words, you type in 96,000 and then you enter the number 500. So if you have a cell phone right now, that's the way to go. Text the number 500 to 96000. Then you can go online to radiovote.com. There's two categories of candidates. You've got to vote in both. I'm in the second category. You go to the first category because they force you to. You can vote for somebody there or you can abstain. There's an abstention vote. Then you go down to the next category and there's my beautiful face. And I hope you'll click it or the button next to it. And then you'll hit submit, and that's it. It's Chicago rules. You get two votes. One vote by text, one vote online. And this is it. A few hours left, and then we'll see. It's totally up to you, my beloved audience, you Levinites out there. It's totally up to you. 
I hope you'll vote. I hope you have a family member, friends, but we're down to the wire. I know it's an odd system to ask people to vote for you. But that's what they want us to do. And if I don't, then the others will. So I think there's more of us. I think we can do this. I've got a lot more to say about both of these big issues, the IG, and also we got wonderful clips, and I want to talk about, oh, these, uh, these Trump policies, you know, breaking up families and so forth. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want you to listen to some of the reporting. That's been done on this issue, of, on this particular immigration issue. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's harder and harder to tell the reporters from the commentators. And they intend it that way. Michael Steele was once lieutenant governor of Maryland, a Republican. He was once chairman of the RNC. He now works for MSNBC. He's part of the cult over there. And I want you to hear him trashing our country. He's never been to one of these detention centers. Never. He was never there when I was chief of staff to Attorney General Meese. I don't remember him ever asking to go to one of these centers. This is many decades ago, but I don't remember. I want you to hear how he speaks. And Stephanie Cutter, a longtime Democrat liberal hack, about our country. And by the way, if we have concentration camps in this country... Where have the media been? Where have these long-in-the-tooth politicians been? Did you know we're running Japanese-like concentration camps, Nazi-like concentration camps for children in America? Did you know this? I didn't know this till last week. Sick. Cut eight, go. And think about how he's handling human rights at the border now, and he's trying to blame this on Democrats. Well, why weren't children separated this from This is somebody named Julia Ainsley. Another nobody. Go ahead. Democratic administration. It, there, it, it's, it's All right, stop. Uh, children were separated from parents under the Democratic administration. The difference is that this administration has decided equality under the law. Oh, remember that phrase? Equality under the law. That is to enforce it across the board. No, 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 no. We don't want equality under the law. We want inequality under the law. Next, Stephanie Cutter. Go. It is not the law to separate and this right. is an important fact check. Yeah. It is not the law to separate parents and children at the border. Well, now, hold on now. It is the law. That's how the law works. There's not a specific statute, but you have to make a choice. The parent and the supposed child, we don't know if it's the child of that particular parent, which is part of the problem where they're trying to figure it out. Imagine yourself on the border and people are coming through illegally and you're trying to figure out who is whom and, and some... 50-year-old bearded guy with a pot belly says, that's my kid. And you don't know if it's his kid or not. you got to figure things out. You don't even know anything about the guy. 
And let's say he has a criminal record. Let's say he's been deported before, so now his second time and he's committed a felony. First time misdemeanor, second time felony. And he has to be processed. Well, they separate the child temporarily from the supposed parent, well, at least the adult, because you don't want the child going through that process. So basically what these people are saying, and they do not have the guts to say it, is let them all in. Well, how else do you process them? Let them all in, these idiots. Go ahead. The law. It is their interpretation of the law. We are, or, or used to be, America's greatest democracy. We can't find a solution. We don't need problem. lectures from leftists about America's greatest. She's choking saying it, democracy. We don't need lectures from them. The open borders crowd. The lawless crowd. The sanctuary city crowd. Go ahead. Without harming children? Right. Without putting them into concentration camps? Oh, putting them into concentration camps. Does anybody here actually believe that Donald Trump would support putting children in concentration camps? Or that Jeff Sessions would support putting children in concentration camps? Or that any of us and those of you listening would want to put children in concentration camps? This is on an actual news channel. Is it not sick beyond belief? Now we get to hear from Michael Steele. Go ahead. I'm going to say, Stephanie, to that point, it's not even an interpretation of the law. It is a policy. policy. You're wrong, dummy. It's the enforcement of the law. It's the enforcement of the processes that are in place. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You're rambling on like a moron, which is probably why you're on MSLSD. Go ahead. And a policy that has been invoked by the president of the United States and dictated to his attorney general who goes out and quotes the Bible. By the way, a passage that was used to justify slavery. Oh, so basically Sessions is in favor of slavery? Is a racist? Michael Steele, you have plummeted to the lowest depths imaginable for a paycheck. Go ahead. This country to, to justify encamping children. I call this a concentration camp for kids. You know what? You know what I call you? I call you as dumb as they come. I call this Stephanie Cutter as dumb as they come. A concentration camp for kids. Beyond belief. This is what Michael Steele thinks our country is all about. Following the line of the most radical leftists on MSLSD. You know, we have concentration camps for little kids, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's true. I just heard Michael Steele say he calls it concentration camp for kids. Because that's exactly what it's turning out to, he says. Then we have Gail King on CBS This Morning today. Cut nine, go. I'll say, Alex, you know, we arrived yesterday afternoon. We went straight to the facility, the location where kids and their parents were reunited. And all I can say. Wait a minute. They were reunited, Mr. Producer? I thought we were running concentration camps. The kids were reunited with their parents. Did you see any of the cases, Gail, where the kids were protected from the adult who claimed to be a parent? But he was a pedophile or a drug runner or 
a member of the MS-13 gang. Did you see any of that, Gail? Because there's a lot of that, too. Go ahead. The people, watching the people, listening to the people, that the Statue of Liberty, I think, is weeping right now. It's unbelievable, the stories that we heard. People say that there's zero tolerance policy. The Statue of Liberty is weeping right now? Why would the Statue of Liberty be weeping right now? These people are illegal aliens. They're not even going through legal ports of entry, legal places of entry. Is Gail King aware that people were actually turned away, some cases, on Ellis Island? If they weren't fit, I said fit, to be American citizens, because back then we had a whole bunch of requirements that you would be loyal to one country and only one country, that you had a job waiting for you, and so forth and so on. Here, you're not even allowed to ask those questions. Go ahead. Zero humanity. What do you say to that? I've heard some describe this, and the, the, the rhetoric is very heated right now. The conversation is very heated. And I've heard some people describe this as a form of child abuse. Do you see it that way? Yeah, I do. I think an adult who brings a child across the border who's been informed by lawyers or Mexican diplomats or Central American diplomats on exactly how to conduct themselves to try and force themselves into this country. I think that's child abuse. I really do. Then there's Brett Stevens, the low IQ buffoon who was booted, I guess, from the Wall Street Journal editorial page onto the pages of the New York Slimes. And he remains buffoonish no matter where he writes. Let's hear what this genius had to say. Cut 10, go. One quick point, you know, Angela Merkel, the Europeans have worked very hard with Turkey, with other countries to make sure that the refugee crisis there stays outside of their borders. Oh, they've done a hell of a good job, Germany, haven't they? That it stays outside its borders? Is Brett Stevens deaf, dumb and blind? Answer yes. Go ahead. Some success, some, some, some failures. We could do that. There, there are options other than a cruel and unusual punishment recalling, almost recalling, I should say, Japanese internment. Japanese internment. So, you see, we're taking people who are citizens or who are people of a particular ethnic descent. We're taking their property away from them. We're taking their businesses away from them. And we're interning them in, uh, in concentration camps. Or in camps in the interior of the country. That's what we're doing to the children. Did you know this? You have to intentionally reject all the facts in order to make statements like this. Michael Steele, Stephanie Cutter, Gail King, Brett Stevens. You must truly ignore virtually everything to trash your own country like this. Susan Collins, who's been in the Senate forever, who's had the power to call hearings over matters like this, who can attract the media anytime she wants to. The media love her because she's a leftist. Where has Susan Collins been for 30 years? That we have these concentration camps for kids, as the late, great Michael Steele likes to put it. Where's she been? Where have all these politicians been? Where have the media been? Right under their noses, we've had concentration camps for kids, like Japanese internment and Nazi concentration camps. Where have they been? We expect the media to report on these things. We expect our members of Congress to make sure nothing like this ever happens, right? Cut 11, go. 
But we already know two things. First, from the experience of previous administrations, it does not act as a deterrent to use children in this fashion. We're not using children. That is your projection. That is what the media are saying. That's what the left is insisting. Go ahead. Second, and much more important, it is inconsistent with our American values to separate these children from their All right, all right. I've had enough about the left telling us about American values. They don't know a damn thing about American values. Let me read something to you, and I may continue it after the break. March 2009, children of incarcerated parents by some liberal group here. The nation's growing prison and jail population has raised serious questions about the collateral effects of incarceration on children, families, and communities. Whatever one's views about the appropriate role of incarceration in the criminal justice system, it is clear that imprisonment disrupts positive, nurturing relationships between many parents, particularly mothers and their children. In addition, many families with children suffer economic strain and instability when a parent is imprisoned. Research suggests that intervening in the lives of incarcerated parents and their children to preserve and strengthen positive family connections can yield positive societal benefits in the form of reduced recidivism, less intergenerational criminal justice system involvement, and promotion of healthy child development, and on and on and on and on. And there's many articles like this. From the National Conference of State Legislatures, Children of Incarcerated Parents, 2009. And Susan Collins, uh, anything to say about that? What amazes me, Congress passes these laws that result in imprisonment. Or Congress can step in and pass laws that don't. In the case of illegal alien children. But if they pass a law that says that these people won't be separated and they won't be deported then they're in the country scot-free. They're in the country scot-free. They're not discussing this on any of the cable channels, on any of the network channels, on any of the satellite channels. The Democrats' solution is clear. What is Laura Bush's solution? What is Susan Collins' solution? What is Michael Steele's solution? Not that I really care, but they don't offer it. Instead, we have Japanese internment care. This is sick. Concentration camps. All these children of Americans who are in American prisons. What's happened to all of them? Where are all of them? Are they in concentration camps too? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. on uh, Dan Stein, president of FAIRUS.org, president of FAIR. Dan, how are you, sir? I'm well, Mark. How are you tonight? I'm fine. Uh, Isn't it amazing how an issue becomes an issue in this country now? I mean, can you explain, I've done my best in plain English, this separating parents from children issue. Can you explain it, please? Uh, Well, of course, it's been building for some time now. Uh, but it's, it has its genesis in the fact that courts have been interfering over the last 10 or 15 years and have simply required that juveniles who come in, particularly if they're unaccompanied, can only be detained for a few weeks. 
naturally that means that if people suddenly bring kids, they're getting an advantage, okay? Throughout most of my lifetime and most of yours, people crossing that border have been young males, generally, not always, but generally unmarried, looking for day labor, looking for ag work. Well, with the change in the law, the, 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 uh, the uh, so-called Wilberforce anti-trafficking law, this, this, this court decision settlement called the Flores, I'm sure you've talked about it, uh, which was then expanded in 2015, suddenly you get an advantage if you bring an alien minor with you. Now, the smugglers and, and traffickers have figured this thing out, right? They figured it out. And so a law that was designed to try to prevent alien trafficking is now being exploited by, by, uh, by smugglers and traffickers. In some cases, we don't even know for sure if the people posing as parents are really parents. What is the advantage that you get? Well, the advantage is that they get released. They get released into the society. Certainly, the minors do if they're unaccompanied. And if you and, and if you and if the family units were coming under Obama, then there was a high likelihood the entire family would be released uh, pending an asylum claim. And under Obama, it didn't matter whether you came legally or illegally. Trump administration said, "Enough of this. We're not going to let the system be gamed. We're going to prosecute the parents or traffickers, whoever they are, masquerading as parents." Uh, for violating federal immigration law, and we're going to put the children through the regular process of placement in these child welfare centers, which look like dorms, college dorms, and then ultimately reunite them with either, either the legal guardian or the legal parents, the parents, after they get released, usually for a week or two or a couple of weeks for having violated immigration law. But the big problem is... All right, stop, stop, right, stop right there. So they're not there for years? No, 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 no. They're not allowed to be there for years. It's, I mean, it's 20 days. Well, the parents are, yeah. I mean, you know, Jeff Sessions doubled down. He said, look, we're doing this zero-tolerance policy because, once again, we're going to actually start enforcing the law, right? I mean, there's only, you can only, when people break immigration law and they bring alien minors, there's only, I mean, what can you do? There's only four things you can do. You either, you either let them run across the border, which is apparently what the Democrats want. Just let them all run in, and, that's, and then let them disappear into society forever. The second thing you can do is detain the parents and then try to place the, the children with legal guardians, which is what they're trying to do now. The third thing you can do is detain the family together, which you can't do legally right now, but that's what Ted Cruz and his new bill wants to do. That's what Trump would like to do, basically keep them all intact as a family unit. Because, you know, if people go to jail now, you know, African-American males, if they're incarcerated, they don't get to bring their kids with them, right? The kids, you know, you don't generally send kids into jail. but. So you don't have that option, and then the other option would be to very quickly have an asylum hearing and do the whole process in 72 hours and send the entire family unit back where they came from. Because in most cases, these are fraudulent claims and they've been coached. But all Trump's trying to do is close this massive loophole and reinvigorate immigration law enforcement. Dan Stein, hold on. I want to carry over the uh, bottom of the break if I can. That's Dan Stein, president of FAIR. You can check them out at fairus.org, fairus.org, F-A-I-R. We'll be right back. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now, 877-381-3811. As high schoolers graduate, are they heading to places where they'll learn why America is the world's freest nation? That we're the first country founded on the principle that all men are created equal? Will they be taught the Constitution, our rich history, what makes America great? 
You know, there's a place where students study these truths, Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students study what is true, good, and beautiful. By putting in the work to understand these things, students graduate ready to lead. As Vice President Pence said at a commencement this year, Hillsdale students learn not what to do, but what to be. Hillsdale also offers a stellar education to you, my beloved audience, through Primus and free online courses like Constitution 101. Every American can learn like a Hillsdale student from the same professors. Most remarkably of all, Hillsdale provides this service to our nation without taking a single penny of taxpayer money, not one penny, federal, state, or local. I encourage you to learn how Hillsdale can serve you at a website just for my listeners. LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. LevinforHillsdale.com. You really ought to check it out. It is a great college. They go the extra yard, really the extra mile, uh, to reach out to the American citizenry, really like no other college on the face of this country. So I would encourage you to check it out. LevinforHillsdale.com. Dan Stein with FAIR. There was a ruling now by a federal judge in Kansas today, actually just a little while ago, And uh, the judge says uh, that rule Kansas cannot require proof of U.S. citizenship to register to vote. U.S. District Judge Julie Robinson sided with, they say voters Monday, that's some voters, that Kansas cannot require people who register to vote to provide documents such as birth certificates, U.S. passports or naturalization papers. The decision um, combines a number of cases that were raised. You know. I guess I'm getting old. I remember a time when you really had to show proof of, uh, uh, of citizenship and so forth to vote. Why is that so controversial? Well, because if you value the right to vote, you would require people to prove that they're eligible to vote. And clearly, the, you know, I mean, the Voting Rights Act and the way it's been interpreted by the courts mean that um, anybody can come in and they, for some reason we have to facilitate massive voter fraud. I have to give Chris Kobach, who's running for governor, of course, uh, a lot of credit for fighting this battle, and he's often been alone in doing so. Uh, it would be nice if Congress would come step in and, and authorize states to require citizenship when you're registered to vote, because in the end, how do you measure voter fraud if the data make it impossible to ever detect it? Well, and, and I mean, they even fight, uh, even though there was this uh, victory in Ohio, it was a narrow victory, they, they, the left even fights, and the Democrat Party, uh, states trying to clean their voter rolls of people who haven't voted. Oh, this goes back 25, 30 years. I remember when Governor Wilson, Pete Wilson, was trying to cross-check voter rolls with immigration documents, and immediately the ACLU and Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund run to court and claim, you know, it's going to have a chilling effect on I mean, basically, this has nothing to do with the voters themselves, but simply cross-checking with immigration records to make sure non-citizens aren't registering. That's somehow, that's a crime. That's a crime against humanity. I mean, in the end, the legitimacy of the voting process itself, just like the legitimacy of our immigration system and the fact that a nation of laws, what are the things that tie us together anymore, Mark? You know, it's common language, respect for laws, cornerstone of citizenship, work hard, play by the rules, you get a shot at the American dream. If, you know, if we don't have to all play by the same rules and if we reward cheaters and reward people who cut in line, you know, what ultimately what is, ties us together as a people at that point. So, you know, you look at this, you look at the Democrats now and you say they don't like Trump's zero tolerance policy. They don't want to get the facts. They're not interested in the truth. They're not interested in the reality. And so basically, you know, Trump has zero tolerance and Democrats now have zero credibility. They're not even looking at what caused the phenomenon in the first place. 
but I'm interested in trying to get to the source of the problem, whether it's voter fraud, they don't even recognize voter fraud, or whether it's uh, traffickers and smugglers gaming our asylum system, which should be reserved for extraordinary humanitarian cases. Because, Mark, when you think about it, when you give asylum to somebody, you're allowing them to jump in front of the line of hundreds of millions of people who would like to immigrate to this great country. Now, you have to give that grant very carefully. You don't want to allow fraud. You also want to be very careful not to make, make it easier to get asylum than if you applied for refugee status overseas. If you give people an advantage by crossing the border illegally to make their asylum claim versus going to an embassy overseas and allowing them to pass through three or four safe countries before they make the you know, forum shopping, before they make the claim, you, you make a mockery of the entire system. And that's the legacy of what we have from the Obama administration. Let me circle back. Michael Steele on Friday on MSNBC, these uh, locations where these, these kids are temporarily located, he said, uh, he says, I call this a concentration camp for kids. Um, Stephanie Cutter, well-known liberal Democrat, well, not so well-known, she said it's, without, it's like putting them in concentration camps. It raises the question. We have a former CIA director. He uses the same language. We have Laura Bush, who basically... Uh, says this is akin to Japanese internment camps. This is crazy stuff, is it not? Well, it's quackery, and and I don't know what's I don't know what Michael Steele's drinking, but or, and he's, I guess he's on MSNBC. But this is irresponsible. It's ahistorical. It obviously demeans <clears throat> whether it's Korematsu. Well, they all must or, be drinking the same thing. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, they obviously don't know what they're talking about. These the the the, the pictures they're they're showing of these processing centers. These young people are there for maybe a day or two while they're relocated to these very nice college type dorms, while they're looking for legal guardians or their real or their parents ultimately. But they're very nice and certainly under conditions far better than when they were being brought through Mexico at the hands of smugglers and traffickers and rapists and everything else. And you know, you, you sit here and you say to yourself. If you don't like what Trump is doing, then you have an obligation to come forward with a viable solution, a viable alternative that will protect the kids, ensure you're not putting them in the hands of traffickers and smugglers, or and, and how you can ensure they're actually their parents, guarantee the safety, and guarantee that they'll show up for their asylum hearings. Notice that everybody who's criticizing the Trump policy doesn't have an alternative. Oh, yes, they do. Open borders, let everybody in. That's not an alternative. We, 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 look, we, you see the asylum claims have been skyrocketing because that's what Obama did. He just let everybody run into the country. W was doing that, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it just got worse and worse under Obama. And the way things were going now, we were becoming the laughing stock of the world. And, and Trump quite rightly said, I mean, look what's happening to Angela Merkel, right? I mean, she's about to lose her prime ministership because of the immigration issue. Why should we go down the same path of Europe? It all starts with basic fundamental terms of how you enforce these laws and the funny thing about it mark is it's kind of sad <clears throat> but if the if if the democrats would work with the republicans they could find a solution if they would give the policy even a couple of months to see if it truly has a deterrent effect because in the end it would actually slow the pro- the number of people coming across as family units to a trickle because once the traffickers and smugglers get word that this is an easy is no longer an easy route in once the people back in, in central america find out that this doesn't work you'd be surprised how quickly the market responds and they stop trying to do it so don't you think don't don't you think though for the democrats even though the media keeps saying uh, it's trump 
who is uh, trying to use these kids for leverage. Don't you think the Democrats want this issue? I mean, the media are like the propaganda mouthpiece for that party, and they just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. What's what's 2,000 people, kids, to the Democrats when they're, 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 they're uh, obsessed over abortion? Well, when you see Pelosi running down to the border, you know what the, you know, the jig is up, right? This is, look, the Democrats have been getting their clock cleaned by Trump on the immigration issue. He's been getting, you know, he whipsaws them on every issue. He says it's their fault, which it usually is. I mean, the, de- the Democrats, when they change the immigration law, like the Wilberforce Trafficking Act, <clears throat> they see it doesn't work as intended, but then they refuse to go back and fix it, just like the mm-hmm. 1965 law. You know, well-intended, doesn't work in an effective way, but they won't fix it. And here you have Blumenthal and these other guys bellowing like Senator Foghorn, just saying, oh, this is a terrible problem, but they won't fix it. Chuck Schumer, all over the 1986 amnesty bill, he won't fix it. Democrats won't work on getting E-Verify, which everybody should be supporting. You know, they're opposed to border control. They're opposed to interior enforcement. They, they support sanctuary cities. They don't want to support ICE. Okay, let me slow you down. So what on do you make of what do you make of a party that embraces across the board lawlessness? It's, they're just power hungry, right? Well, it's anarchy. They, they're supporting anarchy in a quest for power at all costs. And I say this as a guy who's not really partisan, but you, you, at some point you have to call it for what it is. They no longer, I mean, for, for, the, for the last hundred and some years, since, since probably about 1910, the Democrats strong, stood very strongly in favor of border control and immigration control. Suddenly, at the end of the Clinton administration and then full on with Obama, they completely flipped. And now it's total anarchy. No immigration law enforcement. Nobody should ever have to go home. Nobody should have to respect immigration laws. And unless you're a murderer or a terrorist, they don't want you to ever see you be deported or removed. And that's completely unsustainable. Jay Johnson, when he comes out and he he was the DHS director for Obama, he says, well, what Trump is doing down there is unsustainable. Now, what he's really saying is, I really couldn't get the job done, and I'm feeling bad about it, so I'm going to criticize him. Michael Steele wasn't a particularly effective politician. Now he stands there, you know, doing a dance for MSNBC. You know, he's a turncoat. These guys, why do, it's it's these Republicans who ought to know better, who ought to be studying the issue well enough to know exactly why we're in this situation before they comment. You know, Nicole Wallace, she's another one. Yeah. Hold on, I'm, I'm adjusting my wonderful X chair here. I'm sorry. Um, all right, Dan Stein, I want to thank you very, very much. Hey, uh, remind everybody where they can can get to your website. Uh, www.fairus.org. Fairus.org. All right, my friend. Well done. I appreciate you. You take care. I'm not kidding. I love this chair. How many times do I tell you that, Mr. Purdue? I'm adjusting the left arm right now. Now I'm adjusting the right arm. Now I'm adjusting hold on, the back. Best damn chair I've ever had. I'll be right back. Mark in. If you shower or brush your teeth or try to make your hair look presentable, here's some really good news. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, everything. All of Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top-shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. And you'll feel the difference. 
Plus, shipping is free with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products for just five bucks. Five bucks. Hello. Hello. Five bucks. You can get their Daily Essential Starter Set. Comes with amber, lavender, calming body cleanser. Man, that sounds like you can actually eat it. Their world-famous shave butter. Mm-mm. And their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month. And add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. Seriously, check it right now. dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. I want to mention one more time. I'm only going to do it two more times. Once each hour. If you haven't voted at the National Radio Hall of Fame, now's the time. Because by midnight tonight, it's over. Just pull out your cell phone. You can do it right now. You know how to text. You text the number 500 to 96,000. The number 500 to 96,000. Then you can vote a second time by going to radiovote.com. Radiovote.com. And you can vote for me there. All right? The Hall of Fame urges you to participate and urges you to vote twice. Once by text, once online. So that's what we're doing. And uh, it ends midnight tonight, Eastern time, if you're listening live. If you haven't done it when you want to do it, we would encourage you to do it now. And I can't thank you enough. As I said many, many times, I wouldn't be here but for you. And I'll tell you what. I look at these ratings numbers that come in. We're doing very, very well. We're up in almost every single city. Then I look at uh, our digital numbers. We're up in every single category on our apps, on uh on Amazon, Alexa, on, I, mean, I can't even name them all, on streaming, on our podcasts, our downloading on, on, your, on, the, on the iPods, I should say. Huge. Millions. So uh, we thank you all. Thank you all very, very much. And what's clear is you try to get this show wherever you are, any way you choose to get it. It's amazing. It's amazing. We're on virtually every platform, and so are you. So I want to thank you very much. All right. I think I should take a call or two. There we go. Have I taken any calls yet? I don't think so. Let us go to Dave, Ramsey, New Jersey, the great W-A-B-C. Go. How you doing, Mark? I just want to let you know I did vote three times for you. I voted twice, and I used my wife's cell phone to text one in for you. Well, then. Thank you, but I'm not allowed to know that. Go right ahead. Okay. I just wanted to let you know. Just kidding. You know, as the as the, as the uh, IG report comes out, Mueller's report comes out, as the uh, Democrats begin to peel this onion back, I think that they're going to find that they dug a little too deep, and they're going to basically close up shop. Mueller investigation didn't find out anything, and Trump will be on his merry way because Trump has been destroying the liberal media, Democrats. They've been throwing But here's my question, Dave. Nothing here's nothing sticks, but that doesn't stop them from trying. Look at what they've done to Manafort. Guy's 69 years old. He may be in prison the rest of his life. That's really unbelievable to me. Isn't it unbelievable to you? It's disgusting. It's not unbelievable. Okay. So maybe these hacks who work for this Mueller may fire off their little impeachment report, you see, and then leave. That's a concern of mine. It's always been a concern of mine since the day after the election. Not that I knew about Mueller, but I knew what they wanted to do. All right, Big Dave, I want to thank you and give your wife my best. I appreciate it. Let us go to Bill, Keno, Nebraska, XM Satellite. Go. Reverend Levin, I can't tell you how good <laughs> it is to, to get to talk to you again. It's been a long time. 
Thank you, Bill. Uh, I, feel, I feel, feel like I'm talking to an old friend. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I, and this wasn't my point, Mark, but I just got to tell you, I wanna, first of all, I want to thank you for the, the, the clarity of thought that you, that, that, that you bring to the arguments uh, and, and the way that you break things down for folks like me that maybe not quite be as, quite, quite as sophisticated as you are. Yeah, you um, are, but we, we have fun but, doing it. But but I, I mean, I'll tell you, one of the reasons you don't get the leftists on your show is that I, I, I spent 27 years in the military, and most of that is so common. I just soon sandpaper a lion's behind with us wearing a pair of pork chop panties to try to go in <laughs> head to head with you intellectually. But uh, but anyways, my friend, I, what, I, what, I, what I was hoping to get an answer from, from you yes, on, Mark, sir. is, and I've asked this question to tons of folks over the last many years since. I feel uh, the pressure, baby. Go ahead before uh, <laughs> we run out. Yeah. Well, um. Is, is, is you know the the left like like he was talking about like you you you're a master taking an argument to his logical extreme and and you know just breaking it down and making it clear there ain't no black or white it's just I mean no gray it's just all black or white right and uh and and like you said at the beginning of the show you know you're talking about about uh, um the what are we supposed to do let all the parents out of prison um and you know just man matter of fact along those same lines like. Them same folks that's complaining about the children being snatched out of their mama's arms don't give to baby being snatched out of its mama's womb. But that's a whole other argument. Mm-hmm. But uh, but what what my question is, Marcus, is uh, the press? You know, this, the supposedly free press, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with all our First Amendment freedoms, if they would continue to go on the on the on on the tangent that they they with look with the ultimate goal that they seem to have getting a socialist or communist type government don't they end up cutting their own throats i mean don't they end up ultimately losing the freedom of the press i mean i don't i don't get the, it these because they're 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 uh, they're progressives they're radical progressives and you're exactly right but they don't believe it in other words when you look all over the world and you look at at these regimes that have uh, reached their state of quote unquote nirvana or utopia they're police states. They are autocracies. And uh, the media in our country don't believe that's ever going to happen. In fact, they believe you and I are the, are the threat. Just as uh, Schumer does, just as their judges do and all the rest. It's the same mentality. Uh, and, and, and that's why I, I am convinced they're not about freedom of the press. They're about advancing fundamental transformation. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Kirsten Nielsen is the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. I must say, she seems very impressive to me. And in New Orleans today, here's what she had to say about all this harumph. Cut 16, go. It is important to note that these minors are very well taken care of. Don't believe the press. 
they are very well taken care of. You know this, as many of you have detention facilities of your own. We operate according to some of the highest standards in the country. We provide food, medical, education, and all needs that the child requests. Let's be honest. There are some who would like us to look the other way when dealing with families at the border and not enforce the law passed by Congress, including, unfortunately, some members of Congress. Past administrations may have done so, but we will not. We do not have the luxury of pretending that all individuals coming to this country as a family unit are in fact a family. We have to do our job. We will not apologize for doing for our job. We have sworn to do this job. This administration has a simple message. If you cross the border illegally, we will prosecute you. If you make a false immigration claim, we will prosecute you. If you smuggle illegal aliens across an extraordinarily dangerous journey, we will prosecute you. But I have also made clear you do not need to break the law of this country by entering illegally to claim asylum. If you are seeking asylum, go to a port of entry. What is wrong with any of that? Nothing. And she has guts because she's taking on Congress. And you know, when she goes up there to testify, they will grill her. They'll try to destroy her because that's what Congress does. Useless. More and more like the Roman Senate, if you will. And uh, she was at the White House in the briefing room there and did a tremendous job. And then the cockroaches were let loose. CNN's Jeff Zeleny. Cut 21, go. How is this not child abuse? Which, be more specific, please. Enforcing the law? The images that Cecilia was talking about and the sounds that we've seen uh, from these big box stores, the Walmarts, the other stores, when you see this, how is this not specifically child abuse? So, so, So detaining the children, feeding them, clothing them, giving them medicine, protecting them for a very short period of time while their parent, if it is a parent, but while the adult is being processed. How is that not child abuse? Now, this is the kind of moronic, moronic nonsense that you get out of the media today, particularly CNN. Go ahead. Children who are indeed being separated from their parents. So I want to be couple, clear on a couple other things. The vast majority, vast, vast majority of children who are in the care of HHS right now, 10,000 of the 12,000, were sent here alone by their parents. Now stop right there. Now she mentions that, and I watch this, and they don't care. They go right past it. So we are caring for 10,000 children who were sent here on their own by their parents. How's that for a concentration camp? Laura Bush? Michael Steele? Other names I can't remember? Go ahead. They're separated. So somehow we've conflated everything, but there's two separate issues. 10,000 of those currently in custody were sent by their parents with strangers to undertake a completely dangerous and deadly travel alone. We now care for them. We have high standards. We give them meals. We give them education. We give them medical care. Nothing they get, nothing they got from their magnificent home country. Go ahead. TVs. I visited the detention centers myself. 
that would be my answer to that question. Yes. If I could follow up, though, for the hundreds that are not included in there, you said 10,000, but for the hundreds that we have seen, perhaps up to 2,000, is there... Wait, there wait, wait, what kind of question is this? For the hundreds that we've seen, perhaps under 2,000, how many has this guy seen? From the hundreds, perhaps up to 2,000? You notice this guy's not a reporter. He is going through the talking points of the left, of the ethnic front groups, of the Democrat Party base. That's what this is all about, all of it. Or they would have acted when Obama was president. Well, he wasn't as aggressive. It doesn't matter. These institutions, these processes were in place long before Trump became president of the United States. He's enforcing them. But that doesn't mean it didn't occur when Obama was president. And it did occur when Obama was president. Nancy Pelosi has been in Congress forever. Schumer has too. Most of these people have. They haven't done a damn thing about it. They control both houses of Congress and the presidency when they were ramming through Dodd-Frank and ramming through Obamacare. Notice they ignored immigration. Go ahead. Of child abuse, you believe, and how could this not? What be is child? this child abuse, you idiot? Child abuse? They're protecting the children, and for a short period of time, they're detaining them while the adult and/or their parents being processed. Go ahead. For the people who were taken from their parents, not the ones who were sent here with their parents' blessing with the smugglers, the people who were taken from taken their parents. Taken from their parents. This is why last week, and this is why it's resonating throughout the conservative media, this is why last week I said, when you imprison a parent, what happens to the child? You notice that question wasn't even suggested at the White House press conference today by any of the so-called media? Not once. Not once. We have several million people in prison. Many of them are parents. What's happened to their children? And what are we supposed to do? Let them out? Put them in prison with the parents? Or is immigration completely different because it involves foreigners, in many cases illegal aliens? So uh, in that case, yes, everybody come in, whomever it is, so forth and so on. And if somebody kills somebody, then just say racism because you pointed it out. We're on to the game here. We got it. And we reject it. Go ahead. Unfortunately, I'm not in any position to deal with, uh, you know, with a stupid moron like you, Zeleny. That's what she's trying to say. I'll say it for her. Now we have the Washington Compost's Philip Rucker. Philip with two L's, by the way. Not very economical of him. Cut 22. Go. President Trump has had a lot to say the last few days about immigration, but he's offered no compassion to the families that are being separated at the border. Neither have you, pal. What have you done for the families that have been separated? What has your owner of your uh, new, of the Washington Compost done, Mr. Bezos, and his $120 billion? What have the Democrats done to show compassion? Create sanctuary cities for criminals? How's that compassionate? What have they done? Go ahead. Is, and why won't he simply pause your, your department's enforcement of this administration policy? Why should we pause the enforcement when people come here illegally? What does that mean, pause it? What does it mean? It means the parent, if it's the parent, and the kid, or two parents and a whole family, come on in. You're here. And that's that. That's apparently the position of the Washington Post. Because otherwise you're not compassionate. 
That's the word the radical left always uses, reform and compassion. Like they're the reformers and they're compassionate. They're not the reformers and they're not compassionate. Maybe Ms. Nielsen should say, well, we view it this way. It's a choice. What do you mean it's a choice? It's a choice. What do you mean it's a choice? Well, you know, like abortion. We don't care about the children. We're focused on the parent. The parent made a choice. And we have to, you know, deal with the choice that the parent made. The parent has a right to make a choice. What do you mean they have a right to make? Look, they have a right to make a choice. It's an issue of choice, not children. Go ahead. Congress reaches that long-term fix so that these families... Ah, shut up, you idiot. All these reporters with their agenda... There's not one dissenting reporter among them. Not one. How is that possible? Not one. It's like Comey's FBI. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This constant, relentless attack on American institutions... Relentless attack on our Constitution. Relentless attack on the rule of law. Relentless attack on national sovereignty. Lawlessness that only goes one way when it advances the left's cause. I can assure you, if any of these policies that they're demanding benefited the Republicans or benefited conservatives, or may I say benefited America on the whole, that Democrats would oppose every damn one of them. And the media, one great thing Donald Trump has done, perhaps the greatest thing he's done, has forced the media out of the closet. They used to pretend to be objective. They used to pretend to be impartial. They used to pretend to care about news. Now we know that it was all pretend now we know no matter the occasion whether it's their correspondence dinner their slovenly grotesque correspondence dinner whether it is a White House briefing whether it is one of their snobbish hosts on one of their cable channels or network shows or one of their clown columnists or pretend reporters They are to a man and to a woman, virtually, of one ideology. When is the last time the Washington Post ran a front-page story, a news story, that was fair to Donald Trump? When's the first time? Or MSNBC? Or CNN? And they sit there and pretend they're the arbiters of the truth. They wouldn't know the truth if it poked them in the eye. And then they pretend that they're the defenders of freedom of the press. They're not the defenders of freedom of the press. They are the defenders of an ideology. They abuse the freedom of the press. All you have to do is sit through one of those painful White House briefings. One after another. CBS, NBC, some st- Pacifica, whatever the hell that is. Then another one and another one and another one. All the same. And they're angry. Have you noticed? Look at their faith. They're angry. 
They look steely-eyed. Steely-eyed at the president or the press secretary, whomever's up there. They can't wait to jump in. How can you say that? How can you say that? As if they're doing a bad imitation of Nancy Pelosi. We're on to them. Freedom of the press? No, freedom to use the press to advance their ideology. That's what's going on. No, I don't favor the government stepping in, but I do want the American people to understand when you turn on a television station, this is what you get. The best news you can get, and not in every city, but in many, is local. Is local. The worst news you can get is national. Absolutely. These media fools pat themselves on the head, pat themselves on the back, have their little cocktail events, their little social circles. They think they're nobler than you are. They think that, that they're advancing liberty, freedom of the press, social justice. They're advancing no such thing. They are ideologues. I just heard at the top of the hour, National Network News. Two-thirds of the American people don't favor separating parents from children. Who the hell favors separating parents from children? Maybe the abortion wing of the Democrat Party, they favor permanently separating parents from children. But that's a choice. That's a choice. That's not a human. And... And so they go on about separating parents from children. It's a short period of time. There's a reason why it's done. And they don't even tell you what the alternative is. What's the alternative? Well, there's only a few. We talked about it on Friday. What's the alternative? Send them home or let them in. Do the Democrats want to send them home? If so, why don't they say so? Tell you something. If they sent them home, it would be far worse. Far worse than where they are today. Absolutely. To hear these overpaid, low IQ people on TV go on about concentration camps for kids, Nazi concentration camps. Laura Bush reminds her of Japanese internment. Is this sick? Or is it sick? Unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. You know, we should be very, very thankful. Even though I have some areas of disagreement, I have more areas of strong agreement, we should be very, very thankful for this president at this point in our history. We really should. The vast majority of Republicans he ran against would have buckled in two seconds. Two seconds. President of the United States tonight said, okay, China, you want to go toe-to-toe on trade? I'll put $200 billion of tariffs on, you, uh, on, uh, on the $200 billion worth of products. I've told you before, I am a free trader, but not with the enemy. There are national security exceptions. China's the biggest exception. Because they steal... 
And they take our technology and on and on, and I won't get into that right now. I said to somebody today who was a never-Trumper, I'm not sure he still is. You would know him if I named him. I'm not going to as a private conversation. Exactly what I'm telling you now. I don't agree on everything, but I agree on a lot. And I will say this. When Trump is gone, we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him because he's a fighter. Gets up every morning and kicks them harder in the you-know-what's than they've just kicked him the night before. Calls them out by name. Has done more to expose these people on the left than anybody I can remember. And I never would have believed it two, three years ago. I never would have believed that Trump would be the guy to do it. Not only that, look at him fighting on immigration. Now, he's weak on DACA, but he's strong on other things. He wants the damn wall. He wants to get rid of chain migration. He wants to end the lottery. He's really trying to provide a balanced approach, but the Democrats are unbalanced. It doesn't matter. They're nuts. And any Republican that engages in serious compromise with them drags the country down. Because they're off the charts nuts. All right. Now I feel better. We'll be right back. Your vote for Mark today for the National Radio Hall of Fame. You can vote by text and email. Text the number 500 to 96,000 and vote at RadioVote.com. Last few minutes to vote, then it's all done, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll cast your votes uh, right away before the, uh, the buzzer goes off, and it will go off in literally a few hours. So... Much appreciated. You know, I wanted to let all the fans of Levin TV out there know about a special offer we have going on right now. We wanted to make it a little bit easier for all of our subscribers and our biggest fans, including those who don't subscribe yet, to get the best pricing possible on Levin TV and the rest of the CRTV network. So we came up with our best offer yet. Now you can get a three-year subscription to CRTV for only $199. That comes to $5.53 a month. If you've been a fan of the show for a while now, you know we're in this for the long haul, and we hope you will be too. There's no other place online where you'll get the truth unfiltered and uncensored. So please give us a call right now. The government might be close, thank God, but we're not. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. And mention this ad. You'll get three years of CRTV, 199 bucks. Again, that's only $5.53 a month. Set up is quick. It's easy. You'll be ready to watch in five minutes. Give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. We'll get you all set up in just a few minutes. A lot of great shows there. We got our buddy Phil Robertson, our buddy Steve Crowder, our buddy Andrew Wilkow. Our buddy Michelle Malkin. I mean, we have a stellar lineup. Our buddy Eric Bowling. How can I forget old Eric? We've got, we've got a number of really, really good shows. I hope you'll check us out. I mean, can you imagine? It comes to $5.53 a month. You can't get a Big Mac for that anymore. I mean, Big Mac combo. How do I know? Shh, I'm not, I'm not allowed to say. 
My Julie might be listening. No, I don't go there anymore. Shh, 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 shh. All right. Let's take some calls. We have some really good ones. Daryl, Lancaster, Kentucky, the great WVLK. Go. Good evening, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just, uh, it's an honor, sir. I appreciate it. I uh, Thank you. always listen to the show on my way home every night, and as I was waiting for it to come on, the little news snippets at the top and the bottom of every hour right before your show was, of course, Laura Bush's uh, tweet. Of course, I had to read every word of it, but at the end, they added some additional info that uh, Michelle Obama had, I guess, forwarded the tweet on. Of course, I added her two cents, and my first thought was, your husband had the last 16 years to do something about this, and they didn't do a damn thing. So your all's point is mute at this point, so shut up. That, that is a great point. That is at 16 your show years. On, the first, your first segment was about Laura Bush, so I thought, well, I better call and just give them, give them how, how I felt about that. <laughs> okay, Daryl. Thanks for your call, buddy. Appreciate it. Got a great governor there, too, Matt Bevan. Really do. Tony, El Paso, Texas, XM Satellite, go. Hello, Mark Levin. It's an uh, honor to speak with you. Um, Th- thank you, sir. I'm a, I'm a contractor, and I've been working along this border for a while. And I've seen firsthand that the way that, you know, they've been handling the kids, separating them by gender and by age, and separating them from the adults that come with them until the adults are processed way it's been done for years mm-hmm. i don't know why they're making such a big deal about it now because uh they think they have an issue the media tell me you've been working that border you say for several years and so forth uh have you ever seen uh, any of the reporters who were in the white house press room today down on the border walking the border mm, no not before yeah i wouldn't think so i wouldn't think so all right tony be safe well, of course your point is excellent it's right on. Uh, but CNN is busy, not so much covering the border, but there's a remarkable story uh, that I found. Uh, I think it was in an Israeli paper. Yes, the Times of Israel. You want to hear this? A U.S. reporter from CNN was granted access to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad tunnel in the Gaza Strip as well as to training exercises during which members of the terror group showed off a rocket launcher they claimed had recently been used to fire at Israel. So CNN is uh, meeting with terrorists. And the terrorists apparently uh, are very keen on CNN meeting with them. In a video clip published Sunday, CNN's Ian Lee spoke with the Islamic Jihad about why it indiscriminately fires rockets at Israel and what it hopes to achieve with the attacks. Lee was blindfolded as he was brought to each location on his tour, apparently to prevent him from identifying the location. Well, there's genius reporting right there. The tour, during which Lee walked with an armed fighters through a tunnel somewhere in the Gaza Strip, came two weeks after... Islamic Jihad was involved in the heaviest exchange of fire between Israel and the Gaza Strip since the 2014 50-day war known as Operation Protective Edge. He describes a concrete tunnel which had the straight walls and low arched ceiling commonly seen in such passages dug by the Palestinians. And I'm an Islamic Jihad fighter, so let's just wait here. So far, what's the big news in this story? It's that the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip are working with the Islamic Jihad. 
Isn't that the biggest story right now? The Islamic Jihad fighter, identified only as Abu Abdallah Yabadabadu, explained in Arabic that the tunnels are used for moving fighters so they can play their role and defend the Palestinian people. I hope Jake Tapper was following this. He has a big heart for Hamas, in my humble opinion. Just my opinion. The Islamic Jihad members armed with rifles were seen crouching in the tunnel and receiving a pep talk from their commander. The reporter said the tunnels are also used for smuggling weapons from Egypt and carrying out cross-border attacks in Israel. What else have we just learned? Their entire purpose is to attack Israel. That's why they exist. Above ground at another location, Abdallah Yabadaba showed Lee a four-barrel rocket launcher he claimed was used in the recent attacks against Israel. And uh, so it goes. We really learn nothing significant from CNN, uh, but they're very, very busy there on the, uh, you know, reporting what the terrorists have to show them. Just wanted to point that out. Let's take a few more calls. We've got some great patriots here. Let's see. Let us go to uh, John, New York City, New York. Go. Hey, Mark. Big fan. Really appreciate taking my call and the discourse you bring to this country. Thank you. I don't. It drives me crazy that the Republicans can't simply be the party of the rule of law. The rule of law clarifies every issue you talk about. It clarifies tariffs, immigration. Special counsel. It's just it's insane they can't stick on one message. And, they used know, they used to say they were the law and order party. Nixon did. Why won't they say it now? I, I don't get it because it just clarifies every. It's so simple. It is just so simple and easy. And you know, I, I respect the Bush family for all they've done and the service they've done to this country. But they're part of the problem with compassion. Look, look. The Bushes kept their mouth shut all during the Obama administration. All during the Obama administration, when Obama was undoing what what Bush did in Iraq and all the rest of it, uh, kept their mouths shut all the time. But now, more and more, when it comes to Trump, they can't keep their mouths shut. The thing is, conservatism is compassionate. It doesn't need an adjective. It's, it's stupid. I mean, conservatism, by its very nature, is compassionate to people in the rule of law. And these mm-hmm. Republicans just got to stick to a simple message because it's a winner. And I don't know why they go off on these tangents, because they end up looking stupid. Thanks for your time. Because they're progressives light. They're progressive light. They're soft progressives. Thank you for your call, my friend. Shall we continue? Yes, we can. Uh, Max, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go, please. Mr. Levin, thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. You really thank are you. A, uh, a safe haven for younger conservatives such as myself. And um, it's thank really you. a pleasure to listen to you on the way home and certainly a grounding rod for anyone in the country who's capable of any type of rational discussion. But <laughs> That's about I half really, of us. Uh, I really just wanted to underscore your point earlier about people being upset that these folks taking, you're breaking the law, um, having their children taken away from them. I've been a police officer for a number of years here in the Dallas area, and we come across parents all the time that choose to break the law, um, whether they've stolen thousands of dollars of property from from businesses or or you know they're encountered and they have you know an obscene amount of warrants for their arrest and it's not our first choice to take the children away from them and to CPS but these people have to answer for their actions just like anybody mm-hmm. else just like they probably teach their own kids that you have to answer for what you've done and 
we take a, you know, sometimes our last resort is we have to call CPS. They come and they check the, take the child for a couple of days. Um, the parents speak to a judge and they get arraigned and they get their bond set and they get out of jail and they get back with their kids and they're well cared mm-hmm. for. No one would ever think that would be irrational or, or some type of concentration. Camp. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's, it's hard to stomach all this, isn't it? It's a listen to these fools on TV and these clowns in the Democrat party and clowns in the Republican party. It's just really pathetic. It is. And this, this rhetoric out there that everyone who breaks the law is some Jean Valjean character that, mm-hmm. you know, is getting persecuted for stealing bread for their family is just getting too difficult to stomach. It, it's not the case. You're the one putting your children into that, that situation. You're the ones that are abusing your children when you put them in that situation. And you're the ones that should be responsible for it, not uh, a loving country that, that has avenues for you to seek refuge. Um, I, very, just, very well said, my friend. Very well said. You be safe out there, okay? It was a pleasure. Thanks for taking my call. And God bless you. You too. Police officer from Dallas. I'm flirting with the possibility the the next book, I've started my next book. I'm not going to get into it. we got plenty of time for that down the road. But it's it's going to be a fascinating subject, I can tell you that. I'm flirting with doing, and don't program directors all over the country, please. I'm flirting with doing a book signing in Dallas. I'm flirting with it. They have great stakes down there. Oh, now I'm going to hear from Kansas City. Oh, my Lord, I'm going to hear from Kansas City now. Well, you never know. Or Chicago. I'll hear from Chicago. I'll hear from, you never know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer says, tell them one more time to vote. You know what? I figure at this point, if you haven't voted, then you don't want to vote. So uh, I won't press it any further. So... uh, and those of you who have voted, I can't thank you enough. So God bless you. I appreciate God bless everybody in this audience. Either way, doesn't matter to me. We love you all. Well, most of you. Um, it's no secret that I love my Casper mattress, too. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's made falling into bed a whole new experience. Get a Casper, and you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress or the favorite mattress of every family member, or the favorite mattress for Barney, my dog, because, yes, they have them for dogs, too. It must be the favorite mattress of a lot of people because it's the favorite mattress on the Internet, too. Casper has three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortably year-round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever before. And the essential is innovation at a great price point. All mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort your every move. Plus, provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me. Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. Think you like your mattress? Take that mattress, lean it against the wall, get your Casper, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Go to casper.com slash mark, use code mark, 
and you'll save 50 bucks on the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash mark, code mark, to save $50. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. They're already priced very well, but this is an extra 50 bucks. Casper.com slash mark, code mark. I'm telling you, they are the best. By the way, more good news. Thousands of DACA recipients, a.k.a. Dreamers, with arrest records including 10 accused of murder, allowed to stay in America. Well, we wouldn't want to separate them from their parents, now would we? And put them in concentration camps. Listen, anybody over the last 72 hours or 96 hours who has accused this country of putting little kids in concentration camps or internment camps do not deserve our respect. I don't care if they've been first lady I don't care if they've been lieutenant governor of Maryland. I don't care which party they are. I don't care if they're professional politicians or pretend journalists. It doesn't matter to me. Any one of these people who say such a loathsome thing about this country does not deserve your respect. Period. We are not putting children in concentration camps or internment camps. You know, they talk about right-wing conspiracy nuts and this guy says this and this guy says that. Who are the conspiracy nuts now? I am tired of the left tearing down the country while building up the government. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of what's done with the knees on the football field. I'm sick of what's done to trash our country. I'm just tired of it. And there's tens of millions of us who are sick to our stomachs over this. Comprehensive immigration reform, which means less sovereignty, a weaker border, more illegal immigrants, more legal immigrants, just flooding into the country. As if it has no consequence whatsoever. Or as John McCain used to say, who's going to pick the lettuce? With 3.8% unemployment, I guess we'll pick the lettuce. They treat the American citizen as a second-class citizen. We are always put down, while the illegal immigrants always promoted. We are deplorables. They are dreamers. They are families. We get this crap from our own politicians. We get this crap from the news media. They have nothing but contempt for you and me, and nothing but goodwill. For people who just stepped into the country illegally. They don't think twice about the children of prisoners. And yet, all day long, all weekend long, illegal alien children. What did I say to you Friday about Paul Manafort? They don't ask you about his grandchildren or his children, do they? Remember when I said that? Could care less. Throw the puck at him. Get rid of the gig. Get him, get him, get him. The left is not humane. The left, taken to an extreme, is a police state. With all the consequences that come from a police state. If you take constitutional Republican to an, republicanism to ex- extreme, you have a healthy, vibrant society. Free speech. Limited government, strong private sector. There's a big difference. 
Big difference. So now this week, it's America and Donald Trump with concentration camps for little kids. Last week, it was porn actress Stormy Daniels and her actor day after day after day. Week before that, it was Donald Trump mentally ill, 25th Amendment. Week before that, and the one before that, and the one before that. It's disgusting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Check out Levin TV tonight. I know you'll love it. And I'll see you tomorrow. And I won't mention again, if you want to vote, I won't mention it again, but this is it. God bless each and every one of you.